Welcome back to Locker Room Ladies. Thank you so much for joining us on this fabulous Locker Room Ladies Thursday. I'm Charlotte Payne. I'm Maddie, and we are so happy to be back. Today, we have a very exciting episode featuring a special guest. But before, as always, you know the drill, we have to introduce today's Locker Room Lady. Yes, so she is a New Jersey native, pretty on brand for when I get to pick a locker room lady. (laughs) She is Robin DeLorenzo, and last year she became the third female official to join the NFL. And, of course, we know our Sarah Thomas. I I think we claim her Maddie. Yes. Uh, She was a guest on this podcast, official locker room lady. OG interview, one of the OGs. One of the OGs, and... She was the first to be an official in the NFL, and Robin is the third. She certainly will not be the last, and she has just got a fabulous, fabulous resume. She's been an official from high school to the pros. She's seen over 100,000 plays on the field, and she says even in her living room growing up watching football, it's not all about just seeing snaps. She's got an incredible football IQ, and it's amazing to talk about her today. I love that, Charlotte. We talked about it. I don't know if we've said it on the podcast, but offline, we've definitely talked about since we had Sarah Thomas on back in, I think it was February of 2021. Yeah. Right around that Super Bowl when we had her on. Since then, we've noticed more women on the field on Sundays on game day, and that's been really exciting. So I said to Charlotte, we should find out who who those other female officials are and highlight them. So today we have Robin. I love seeing that. I hope we're going to see more and more as the years go on. Yes, and I think we will. And one amazing thing that Robin said about her impact was, it's one thing to tell them you can do anything. It's completely different to actually show them. And it's only recently I've realized that how important it is to show kids that just keep working at something, keep trying. If you love something that much, it's worth it. Something Charlotte that I also liked about Robin's story is that we've talked about it here about how heated it gets on game day between coaches and players and the officials. And when Robin was asked about that, she said it might be because she's from North Jersey, but she has very thick skin. And I thought you would like that Charlotte because you're a Jersey girl yourself. Yep, that tracks. That is a thing. (laughs) That is definitely a thing. If you're from North Jersey or Jersey, just to be totally general, you've got the (laughs) thick skin. You know how to operate. So kudos to her and excited to see what she does next. Now, Maddie, we have a very, very special guest joining the podcast in just a few moments. His name is Adam Lorenz, and he is a fellow CBS Sports employee, co-worker, and he also has a very exciting resume. He'll talk all about it when he joins us. So please welcome Adam Lorenz. Welcome back. That's insane. That's insane. Locker Room Ladies season three. Let's get after it. Let's get after it. We have big things coming in 2023. My name's Maddie. My name's Charlotte Payne. This is Locker Room Ladies. Go Canes. Adam Lorenz, welcome to the Locker Room Ladies podcast. So happy to have you on. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you very much, Maddie and Charlotte. Really appreciate it. It's an it's an honor to be a part of the Locker Room Ladies podcast. Uh, when Charlotte and I talked about this a few days ago and she asked me to come on, I was like, this is a real honor. No, the real story is I, I begged to come on. So. <laughs> 
It's no, great. no, real, we'll go with the first one. <laughs> the real amazing thing is you said the Locker Room Ladies podcast, and that's a major debate between Maddie and me. Do we like the <laughs> in front? I say yes. Maddie says keep it Locker Room Ladies. So it's a huge thing that you just said <laughs> the Locker Room Ladies. Hey, you know, look, like you, I, I'm really into college sports. I'm into college football, and <laughs> I'm not an Ohio State fan, but I do appreciate the fact that they call themselves the Ohio oh. State it That's- separates them from everyone else. It makes them stand out. It makes them unique. And so that would be my advice to the Locker Room Ladies podcast is make yourself stand out. Make yourselves unique. Why, you know, why why be like everyone else when you can be your <laughs> self? So that's that's my overarching message. In I don't know. I think they, they trademarked the, or they tried to back in the day a couple of years ago, I think. So I have, I have, I have no doubt that this podcast is going <laughs> to continue to grow and grow. And whoever had it before you all is going to look at this and be like, we're going to have to give it up. Like these are, these are <laughs> we got the, the, we got the, yeah. the, all right, yeah. Adam, before we get into all of the amazing gambling things you've done, just tell our audience all the amazing about gambling. It's amazing. Wow, what you've done. You, a- you hit your, you hit your pick last week on good morning football. You got the Vikings with their win. So before we talk about good morning football, tell me how you got there. So, of course, you're a Notre Dame alum. You worked at CBS Sports, and now you're you have your very own segment on Mondays, Monday on my mind on Good Morning Football. So just tell us how you got there. That's awesome. No, th- thank you for that. And it's it's actually funny that we're talking about this on tonight, uh, October 25th. I moved to New York. I packed up. I was living in Chicago before I came back to New York. I moved from Chicago one year ago tomorrow into this. Oh wow. wow. Um, so it's like, I'm, I'm thinking about all these things. I've been at good morning football for about a year. Uh, and it's, it's been a journey to, to get there. Um, I spent about seven years total at, at CBS corporation. Uh, my first year out of college, uh, I worked for CBS news overnights or for CBS this morning. Uh, that was a, that was an interesting job. Got to learn a lot about a lot of different things, met some right people, uh, that eventually got me across 57th Street into the 555 building. And I was a broadcast associate, just like you are, Charlotte, for, for CBS Sports, where it was a tremendous run. Got to work on some of the biggest projects that CBS has, the SEC on CBS, uh, the PGA Tour, the Masters, the PGA Championship, the NCAA Tournament, like you name it. Like I did it all. And, you know, I just felt like I was getting at a point and, and COVID kind of came in and there was a lot of things that were kind of going on. And I just got to a point where it was like, I was like kind of itching for, for something different. And I got approached by special Olympics, which is an organization that I care deeply about. And one that I, one that I have tremendous respect for, and they're looking for somebody to be their director of broadcasting, meaning somebody to essentially manage their relationship with ESPN. Special Olympics is big events broadcast on, on ESPN and they needed somebody, basically a, um, a, a middle, a middle person in between the two entities. And so I had that job and, um, special Olympics is headquartered in DC, but they were fully remote and they're like, you can live wherever you want. And, you know, I'd been living in New York, but, you know, kind of traveling a lot with CBS and I'd always wanted to live in Chicago. So I got to move to Chicago where I lived for the best period of time to live in Chicago. You move April 1st and you get out in late October. (laughs) You don't want to be there in the winter. Summertime shy. There's no better summertime city in the United States, (laughs) Chicago, Illinois, the banks of Lake Michigan. I was living right in uh, in Lincoln Park on the corner of Lincoln and uh, on the corner of Fullerton and Clark and a few blocks away from the lake. It was beautiful. 
Um, and in Special Olympics, I got to do a lot of really cool things. I went to Berlin twice. Uh, I was at Disney World for 10 days. I was hanging out in Detroit for a week. It was cool. And the relationships that I got to build with the athletes of Special Olympics was something that I will truly never forget. And in, in fact, I'm in touch with, with a lot of them still today. Um, and it's just, you know, I, I think the Catholic school kid in me just growing up and a saying that you hear all the time growing up in grade school, whatever, is just being a man or woman for others at, at all times. And I really felt like in that job, you know, not only was it a professional opportunity, but I did feel like I was able to give back in a way in which that, you know, I, I might not ever be able to give back in a full-time role, you know, again. Um, but through relationships I'd built at CBS, particularly with Jamie Erdahl, who is the host of Good Morning Football, um, I got asked to come and be a producer for Good Morning Football, um, and they needed somebody ASAP, and they're like, can you start in three weeks? And I was like, let's do it. And so I kind of just dropped everything, moved here, um, and, and, and I work on the show now. Um, I'm there in the early mornings. I get to the office around 5.15. Uh, we're on the air three hours every day, 15 hours a week, 60 hours a month, um, 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern time on NFL Network. Um, and I produce segments each day. And I also serve as like a bona fide researcher in the morning, looking up last minute things, um, helping people flesh out ideas and whatnot. And, um, you know, I got really lucky. Um, we have this segment every Monday that's sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. And um, I was able to kind of work my way into asking to see if I could, you know, be the person that delivered that sort of information. And um, they gave me a few tryouts in the off season and the tryouts um, went pretty well, I guess, to the point where they gave their, you know, I have about 90 seconds every single Monday uh, in a segment titled Monday on my mind um, to give out uh, what I think is a, you know, a, a worthwhile place to look at. Uh, for that upcoming week's Monday night football game. And um, it's been great so far. Um, we've, we've hit three in a row and um, we were, we were on, we were on the Vikings when nobody else in America was on the Vikings this past Yes. Week. If you, if, if you were watching any sort of the coverage going up into the week of that game or, or anything on that Monday night, Monday night countdown, whatever you, you name it, it was all about the Niners and how the Niners just lost to the Browns the week before. And, you know, but it wasn't Brock Purdy's fault because Jake Moody missed a kick at the end and it was windy and the Browns have a great defense and all of this stuff. And the expectation was just that SF was going to roll into Minneapolis and just totally sweep away the Vikings and completely cover the six and a half to seven point spread wherever you got it at. And, um, you know, I, I, I saw some rationale on the other side. Uh, and I think to 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 kind of get into it, like like you all were hinting at the beginning of, of this of this conversation, you know, looking at lines and, and looking at, at at gambling reads, you, I think the the first and foremost approach that I take, and this is a good metaphor, I think, for life in general in a lot of ways, is you gotta really you gotta really kind of like look at it from different perspectives and whatever your instinct is telling you, you got to like really think the situation through and consider the other side, oftentimes considering the side that's less traveled. Um, and it's not a foolproof method, right? It's really, really hard to, to nail a pick. That's why they build casinos every single day in this country. And that's why um, these online 
and mobile sports betting apps are, are, are so successful in the United States is because they are built on people's losses. Um, but um, I think when done responsibly um, and when done out of the spirit of fun and enjoyment, <laughs> it can add it can add a very, very healthy way to really experience sports in a way in which we've really never been able to experience before in the United States on a widespread scale. Again, the key here being when done responsibly and when done healthily. Um, and so um, I view it as a great thing. Uh, it's about 90% of the conversations that I have with my friends, which if that makes me, you know, some sort of, you know, weirdo or whatever, I guess that is what it makes me. But that's just the reality. You know, I'm 31 years old. Um, and this is what people my age talk about. And, uh, you know, it's fun. It's it's exciting. And it's a way to bond with people. And it's a way to 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 keep conversations going. So. So I have so many follow up questions to that before we get into actually maybe some advice that you could give potential gamblers who want to gamble responsibly. I have a couple questions just regarding your journey and how you got to where you are. And so you said that you did some tryouts to get your segment on Mondays and this is relatively new, right? You you haven't been doing it for that long. It is. I, I came in, I came into this job with, with zero on camera experience that was going to be my question. If if you had done anything in undergrad or, or leading up to that, outside of being the the best anchor for WLES Franklin Tennessee Liberty Elementary School, <laughs> outside of outside of being my best Peter Jennings for that, no, no, no experience prior to that, no. So do you get nervous? You know, I, I, uh, there's a certain feeling that sets in every Sunday afternoon where it's kind of like, okay, like this is we're doing this again. Like it's, it's happening again, but listen, I think there's, there's two big things here. First of all, and this is true with, 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 with betting as well. You got to start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Like being uncomfortable, like those are good feelings. Like being a little nervous, that's a good thing. Like I'm able to channel those nerves into positivity and into energy and into charisma and enthusiasm um, the day in which I don't get nerves is probably the day in which I, you know, it's like, kind of like, Oh, like, you know, this, you know, like, I like the nerves. Like you should always, you should always kind of be a little excited or a little nervous to like, to, to do something that you really want to do, to do something that you, that you really love to do. Um, and so I do get nervous, but I'm able to channel it in a positive manner in a manner in which I feel like helps me in a manner in which I feel like really brings out the best version of myself when they give me the three, two, one and they, and they, and they point at me. So, but yes, of course, like before <laughs> that first tryout, like yeah, I barely slept the <laughs> night before. And you know, it's, it's, it's funny too, how like when this first started and our, our first game was, was the uh, was the was the Bills Jets game where Aaron Rodgers gets hurt on the fourth play of the game, and you know I I remember like I did it that Monday for the first time. It was Monday, September 11th. I did it that Monday for the first time, and I was just flooded all day with comments and DMs and text messages and like phone calls and like all of this like great stuff. And it was like 
that was awesome. And it was like, wow, like I'm really doing this for real. And then it's like, I feel like as the weeks have started to set in and it's become a little bit more part of the routine, like now it's like, I almost feel like each week I'm look like I'm still viewing each week as my first time. And I want to get better every single time that I do it. Um, and so there always is going to be a little bit of inherent pressure to, um, to, to always improve and always be better. And with inherent pressure comes nerves. But again, the day, the day you stop getting nervous is the, that's a, that's a day I don't want to look forward to. So. That's awesome. It's so healthy to stay hungry and stay nervous. Absolutely. Yeah. You always, you always got to stay hungry because I mean, what else is, what else is life about? Like in, in regards to your professional ambitions and your professional career, like, you know, like, like there's, you know, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have goals in sight. You gotta have, you gotta have next things inside. You always gotta be like striving and itching and wanting something more and making the most out of every single day. Um, you know, I don't go, th- I'm not a per. I don't go through the motions. You know, I don't, I don't do anything halfway. You know, I give a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time, or at least I, I try to incorporate that motto into everything that I do. Um, and, uh, and that's the way I am and that's the way I'm built. And, and that keeps me, that keeps me hungry for more and keeps me, you know, wanting more each, each day. You know, I think if we look at our own lives and I, I was just talking about the anniversary of me moving to New York, my life was so different back then. And I, I would have never have imagined in my wildest dreams that 365 days later, I would be in this position talking on the locker room ladies podcast, like <laughs> all of this stuff, like has just like kind of like happened and, and, and happened very organically. Um, and so like, don't put ceilings on yourself. Don't put, you know, don't like whatever you want to do, like you can do it and you can probably knock out a, more goals even beyond your most wildest imaginations. I love that. It's yeah. it's true. You do. I, I just met you for the first time recently, but I had heard about you being a staple on the SEC crew, just being around CBS. So to meet you in person, it was great. And it spreads your positivity. I want to get into the gambling because I am not a gambler, but I know some of our listeners are. Uh, if I were gambling, it would not it would be an issue. So let's talk about the for the novice gambler. What is the ideal Sunday gambling? What's happening and how, what's the strategy? What's happening? Yes. Yes. So I will, I will preface this by saying I do not partake with my current job. (laughs) I Uh, also do not partake. I do not gamble. (laughs) Yes. So I will, I will preface this by saying I do not partake, but before I had my current job and speaking from that experience, (laughs) um, I can tell you look like, I think the best way to approach a Sunday and what my friends and I, what we used to like to do um, before I, before I, was in the shoes that I'm in, we would like to try to pick out three games in which we really liked. And we try to find three sides in which we really liked. And we would probably maybe just like kind of focus on those three games. I think a lot of people get in trouble when they try to take a little dip into every single game. No, mm. like find three that you re- <laughs> Yes, that's, that's tough. That's tough to bet the board. It's tough to bet the board. <laughs> You want to find three games that you really like and and kind of and and kind of stick to those. And there's different ways that you can kind of marry games together, like betting games straight, which means that like, hey, it's um, you know, it's the it's the 49ers and Vikings, and we're gonna take one of these sides, like that's a straight bet. 
But if you combine a couple of these bets together, so like let's say last week you really liked the Giants who were at home against the um, uh, uh, against the Commanders and the Vikings who were at home against the 49ers, and you really felt strongly about both of those bets hitting, you could do something what's called a parlay, which means that both sides have to hit in order for you to hit your bet. And you're probably wondering at home, yeah. like, <laughs> that like, gets like, a little crazy, <laughs> right? Like, what does that mean? Like, 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 what's the incentive behind making things harder on myself? Well, the incentive about making things harder on yourself is that the payout is going to be higher. So if you put $10 on the Vikings to cover against the 49ers and they do depending, and I won't get into, you know, the, the exact odds or whatever, but typically if you bet $10 on that game and they hit, you're going to get around $8.80 back. But if you were to parlay two games, so let's say the Vikings and the Giants, and both of them hit, which they both did this past Sunday, then maybe your odds are probably around maybe like two and a half to one. So maybe now you're betting $10 and in return, you're getting around 25. And let's say you add on another leg to that parlay and you make it a three-leg parlay. So let's say you like the Vikings, you like the Giants, and you also liked the um, oh gosh, I'm I'm trying to think of another team that that took care of their business. You like the Steelers, who were yes. playing. That <laughs> it was a big Steelers. That's my team. That's team, big time. Perfect. Oh, team. didn't even didn't even see the shirt. See, we're just we're surfing the same wave here. Um, let's say you also like. I was the hoping you say that. <laughs> let's say you also like the Steelers. Well, you could put those three bets together. So the Steelers, Giants, and Vikings. And you can make it a three-leg parlay, which means that all of the sides have to hit. But if they all hit, now your odds are going to increase even more. This time, it'll probably be around six to one. So you bet $10. And now, if all three of them hit, you're going to get that $60 in return. And so on and so forth. Now, obviously, the more legs in the parlay, the harder it is to hit. It's hard to hit one bet, much less, much less three bets, which are all stringed together. But... I think that to go back to your question and you, you want to talk about what's the best way to approach a Sunday, I really feel like that is like a really beginner's way to ease into things. I would also recommend too find games in which that you can watch on television. Fi figure out what games are being broadcast on Fox and CBS. You have the Thursday night game on Amazon Prime. You have the Sunday night game on NBC. The Monday night games on ESPN and ABC. Like, those three you, you can definitely watch as long as you have an Amazon Prime account. But figure out on Sunday what games are going to be broadcast in your local area and look, really give those games a nice look. Because, again, we want this to be responsible. We want this to be fun. And part of the fun is actually watching your action in real time play out because you're there as a participant. You're there as a – as it's, it's almost like having a ticket to the game except – you can point. sit on your couch and yeah. depending on how much money you're laying down, it could be cheaper than going to a game too. And you have you skin know, in the game. You have a, a reason to watch if it's not the team you normally root for. Exactly. Here's the other thing I would say too, you know, look like we all do things for entertainment, right? Some of us go to the movies. Some of us go to sporting events. Some of us go to museums. Again, when it's done responsibly, Betting should always be fun. And if you're playing a $10, if you're playing a $10 bet on a game and it doesn't hit, well, that was your cost for the fun. That was your cost for the admission. And hopefully your bet at least lasted the whole game and kept you <laughs> in three during the during the whole game. So another way to another way to sort of look at gambling and 
sort of um, bucked these, you know, negative connotations that sometimes get attached to it. I have a question. So other, aside from just looking at three games that you kind of like, last week, Charlotte and I were just talking about how we both thought the Lions were it. We thought this was the Lions year. They are so good. We well, were both cheering I for the okay. opinion. Really, I, I convinced her by the end of the episode that the Lions yeah. were the next big thing and that we needed to hype them up as they deserved. And I was like going into the Ravens, the Lions got this, the Steelers beat the Ravens. And then obviously that result did not turn out anywhere close. And if you took the Lions, I don't even know what the spread was. But there's no shot that you were even close because it was such a blowout. The Lions so, were three-point underdogs. Yeah. Right. Okay. So looking at that versus that's just we were liking how the Lions looked that season. Or do you go really granular and you look like, okay, well, the Steelers are coming off of a bye week and Mike Tomlin is 12 and four against the bye. So I'm going to take the Steelers this week. Do you go, do you get into that? Or are you just looking at what the teams did the week before kind of thing? Oh, I mean, look like normally speaking. All right. Let's, let's, let's break down this, this Lions Ravens <laughs> game. And, and, and I want to yeah. preface this by saying I went to high school in Detroit. I got a lot of love for the city of Detroit. Um, I don't consider myself a Lions fan. I'm a, I'm a Titans fan. I was raised in Nashville, Okay, but I respect the Lions and I have a lot of really good friends that are Lions fans. Okay. We love Dan, Dan Campbell here on the podcast. We do. We Dan do. Campbell, Dan Campbell, MCDC, Motor City, Dan Campbell. He's great. He's <laughs> awesome. He's the perfect coach for that team. The Lions were what I like to call the flavor of the week going into last week. If you paid attention on sports television, you saw people that were ranking them as the best team in football, the best team in the NFL. Some people better than the Eagles or the Chiefs, or and they did beat the Chiefs, but better than the Eagles, better than the Chiefs, uh, better than the 49ers, whatever. They were ranking the Lions number one. Okay, if the Lions were so good and – you can see on these apps, on these, on these, on these betting apps, you can see the amount of bets that are being placed on a game. And in that oh, wow. game, the Lions, depending on what app you were using, had between 70 and 80% of the bets coming in on them, wow. which made them an overwhelming public play, despite being an underdog. When you have that amount of action that's coming in on the Lions – and the line stuck, stood still as a rock all week at three points. From the mm. moment it opened on Sunday after the games to right before kickoff, it stayed at three points. Some places it went down to two and a half, but most places it stayed at three. When you see the lack of line movement, despite overwhelming public sentiment in favor of one side, it's not foolproof, but that is Ooh. a... That, that right there is a piece of evidence that you got to seriously consider before placing a wager on that game. You know, another thing that I always try to keep in mind is when there is just a team that the general public is just obsessed with and they absolutely love and they the see... The Niners. The Niners. Just, just <laughs> like the Niners against the Vikings, exactly. When, when there's a team like that that just seems invincible and it just seems so obvious... Of course they're going to beat the Ravens. And you're telling me they're three-point underdogs and you can spot me three points? Heck yeah, I'm taking that. Well, that's exactly what the book wants you to do. You're feeding, you're feeding, you're feeding into what they want you to do. You're feeding into you're feeding into their trap, per se, here. And most people last week got trapped. In fact, last week, the, there were seven games last week 
where at least 70% of the public had tickets on one side. Do you know what that, those records were against the spread in week seven of the NFL season? No, but I'm curious. 0 for 7. 0 for 7. They went over. Wow. Book cleaned up. There wow. were a lot, a lot of so, people. So, wait, against the spread or outright? Against the spread. Okay. Against the spread. Home wow. underdogs in week seven went undefeated against the spread. Undefeated. Wow. So, like, those are, like, situations where, like, you really got to think long and hard before you before you just like kind of feed into what feels like such an obvious route and feels like what it's such a such an obvious play because every line is set for a reason the book does not make mistakes mm-hmm. and every line is set for a reason and you if something if something feels like it's too good to be true it probably, probably is. <laughs> Adam, probably. I have a question. So going into this Sunday, what yeah. are – just give me, let's say, three three matchups you're looking at. What are three teams you're looking at for our viewers to say, okay, let me look. Let me take a deeper dive into this one. Maybe I'm going to put a little well, skin in this one. Yeah, there's this is very pertinent right now. I, in the offseason um, – and again, I'm going to preface this. I could be totally, totally off base here. These are just my early thoughts on, on Wednesday evening. But I was, I was saying, all this offseason, I was saying that I thought that Sam Darnold was going to play a role in this NFL season before yeah. it was all said and done. And you look at this 49ers team, in the last few years, every year they've had a midseason. There's, there's always something going on at the quarterback position up in SF. Mm-hmm. There, one guy's getting hurt or, or something, something's always going on. We saw it happen last year, and I was like, Sam Darnold is going to play a role in this. Let's not forget, Sam Darnold was a number one overall pick. Um, a California native, an Orange County standout, a USC quarterback, um, put up some decent numbers when he was with the Jets and the Panthers, but just was never in the right situation. And I knew that Brock Purdy was going to be the starter coming out of the gates for for San Francisco, but I still thought that at some point Sam Darnold was going to play a role in this 49ers movie that we were going to watch this season. And now with Brock Purdy out this week due to concussion protocol, and we have Sam Darnold coming in, in, I don't want to call it a must-win spot for the 49ers, but it feels like a spot where they really need to win. You're at home. You've dropped two straight. The Bengals are coming into town. The Bengals are 500. They're 3-3. Three and three, And obviously, Joe Burrow, uh, the, man is a, the man is an elite quarterback, but still, like, you're at home. And I get it. Like, you don't have, you don't have Debo Samuel, but, like, you know, you still have a very good team around you. Like, this is a game the 49ers should win. I, I I feel like a lot of people are going to be doubting the 49ers this week. Um, like I said, they're coming off of back-to-back losses, um, and now they're without their starting quarterback. Um, and there's just sort of this big sort of unknown with Sam Darnold. Um, I think right now, depending on the shop, you can get the 49ers at two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Bengals, which is a line that that intrigues my eyes because I think that the public sort of sentiment going into this game or, or the side that feels a little bit more comfortable would be, well, the Bengals have less question marks. They're fully healthy. They're coming off a bye week. Um, they've won two of their last three games. Like the 49ers seem to be reeling. They have some injuries going on. Like it feels like the Bengals feel like the more comfortable side and that's why I actually lean the other way and, and lean more towards the 49ers. So 
I'm looking. I, I've got that game. I've, I've definitely got that game. You know, within within my periphery vision here. The other game that 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 I'll speak to that I'm I'm very intrigued by um, is the Monday night game coming up, which is obviously the game in which I I spend my most of my time thinking about. And uh, we're gonna, we'll talk about the Lions again. The Lions now coming off a 32 point loss to the Ravens. They're coming back home and they're playing a Raiders team that just lost by 18 points to Tyson Bagent in the in the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field and. The Raiders, uh, a lot of people don't trust their coach, Josh McDaniels, right now. And uh, Garoppolo isn't for sure, even though it seems very likely that he'll play. And they don't seem to have a whole lot of team cohesion going on right now. And I think the overwhelming sentiment among the Lions right now is that they're just going to roll in at home on Monday Night Football. And the crowd's going to be all jazzed up. Monday Night Football hasn't been in Detroit since 2018. And they're just going to roll in there and they're just going to have their way with the Raiders and that spread is set at eight points, and there's no problems. The Lions are just going to roll over them like they've been doing most teams this year. In fact, the Lions have only won one game by what by 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 single digits, and that was week one against the Chiefs. All of their other games, um, outside of their two losses, of course, um, all of their wins have been by double digits. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Is it that easy to go from losing by 32 to all of a sudden just going in and, and, and dominating a team? I was able to dig into this with, with some of my research colleagues. Um, over the last five seasons, there have been 46 occurrences of teams that have lost by more than 30 points and the following week have played a game. This has happened 46 times over the last five seasons. In those games, the following week, the teams, the, the, the overall record is around 500, but only seven of those 46 teams have won their next game by two scores, which is what the Lions are going to need to do to cover this spread. The Lions are going to need to win by nine points in order to cover the eight-point spread that they're favored in. This has only happened seven times in 46 tries over the last five seasons. Wow. That's 15%. It's very hard. It's very hard in the NFL to get annihilated and then the following week, win by two scores or more. And remember, a lot just a Lions win doesn't do you anything. You need the Lions to win by nine points or more. They win by a field goal, you're you lost. You lost. You lost if they win by a field goal. So I look at that and just like the Minnesota Vikings, the Raiders are also a team over the last two seasons, which is when Josh McDaniels got to the helm, the Raiders play more one score games than anybody in the, in the NFL, they're tied with the Vikings for the most. They played 18 one-score games wow. since the start of last year. That's 75% of Raider games <laughs> under Josh McDaniels wow. have been played within one score. So did they get smoked by the Tyson Bagent Bears at Soldier Field last Sunday? They did. Yeah. But maybe was that an outlier for the Raiders in the grand scheme of things? Objectively speaking, it is 75% of the time the Raiders are playing really tight games. So, and what, also they're probably coming into it with a chip on their shoulder because of that loss against the Bears. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of pressure on Josh McDaniels now. There's a lot of Raider fans that are very upset with how things are going in Las Vegas. Um, I think that you're going to get a Raiders team which has a lot of experience, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, who's, who's expected to start, but not for sure. 
Josh Jacobs, the NFL's reigning rushing yards leader. Devontae Adams, maybe the best wide receiver in football. Max Crosby, maybe the best defensive player that we really don't talk about. The, the Raiders have a lot of studs on their team. I don't think that they're just going to go into Detroit and completely roll over and just the Lions are just going to have their total way against them. So I'll give you one more stat, or not a stat, just another tidbit that I think is as something else to watch is that Devonte Adams apparently didn't even speak to reporters because he was so mad about that loss. And he's also going back into Detroit where he used to play when he was with the Packers. So he's used right. to that. And so right. I also kind of like that. I like the matchup of former players going back up against their old team and division rivals and stuff like that. Totally. I, I love, I love that. I love that right there. So yeah, I'm, I've got I've got my eyes on the Raiders and it hurts my heart because I don't want my friends and my family to, you know, be sad. <laughs> yeah. The Lions do well, but But the Lions could still win, but just for your betting purposes, maybe you look at the Raiders plus eight. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you have to we take, take your our heart emotions out of it. Yeah. yeah we, yes. we, we gotta take your emotions out of these things. You gotta take your emotions out of these things. Totally. So. All right, Adam, if you have time, we'll play our little game. Wait, wait, wait. You, he only gave oh. us two games. You asked him for three. Oh, I did. But that's I'm like on the edge of my seat. I'm on the edge of my seat, though. I got to – man, you know what? Let me um, let me just take a – I'm going to take a quick glance here at the board. Give me – let's see. There was, the one more, there was one more <laughs> thing. There was I'll let you look at it. I'll tell you, though, while while you're looking, I you're blowing my mind right now because I'm someone who never really did a whole lot of gambling at all. But I grew up in Pennsylvania, so whenever I'm home, there's FanDuel works. It's it's legal there. I live in Florida, so I can't I can't gamble because you don't have the sports apps aren't legalized right. here where I live. So I don't do a whole lot of it. But whenever I get up north, up to Pittsburgh, or if I'm in New York or something, I do, I dabble. But I'm someone who got really lucky uh, during the 2020. Buck season that Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, it was kind of a formula. It was just this magic where you could really plug in those kind of players. And I got some really lucky, like $5 to win $175. Yes. I, and I hit it twice. And so now I'm just looking for the most insane parlays and they never hit anymore. But I give myself a limit. I'm like, okay, I'm putting $25 in and I'm doing five different bets, $5 each. And then once they all lose, I pull out. That's, that's, that's why they, they keep they keep you coming back for more. That's yeah, that's how they that's that's definitely how they get you. They they want they want you to come back for more and they want it they want you to get well, that one. Too win. bad for them, I live in Florida. Right, exactly. exactly. It's coming though. It's coming to the United States. If I you, hope it comes to Florida. If you live in a state where it's not legal yet, it's white the likelihood is it's going to be it, it'll be legal very soon. Um I would say the one other game I got my eyes on, and it's and it's right here in our backyard. It's the we call it the Snoopy Bowl here in the New York metropolitan area. It's the Jets and the Giants. Uh, the Giants are technically the home team at MetLife Stadium, and um, I, I will say uh, I I think that there is a lot of pressure on the Jets to win this game. Uh, the Jets have been playing some better ball recently. Uh, they're coming off a bye. Like you know, Zach Wilson is kind of trending up. There's all this talk. Could Aaron Rodgers come back this season? The Giants have been playing some sneaky good ball too, and Tyrod Taylor's been a very good quarterback from them in the absence of Daniel Jones, and Saquon Barkley's starting to kind of look like his old self, and that Giants defense against the Commanders is really strong, and I don't know, I, Giants three-point dogs, you know, I'm, I, I'm not ready to totally put, wrap a bow and say this Giants season is totally done yet. I think the Giants... Love that. 
I think the Giants could still do some things this season, and it would not surprise me in the slightest for them to um, for them to to give their crosstown rivals um, a little uh, a little a little taste of a little hard knock taste, if you will, to the Jets. Ooh, so. love okay. that! Love that. Okay, now if you want, I know you have a very early call time, but Maddie and I played this last week. We played overhyped. Rightfully hyped, underhyped. I love this. We said, who were the overhyped teams? We each gave an opinion. My overhyped team last week was the Lions. And I was, she was right. out of it. And I convinced her out of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I felt, I, I, whatever, easily swayable. I went with the Jets instead. Maddie went with the Chargers, which I think was a good take last week. What is your overhyped team right now as we stand entering week eight? Yes, heading into week eight. This is a real. This is a really good one um, because there are there are some teams out there that, yeah, this is this is a good one, man. It pains it pains me to say this. It really does. But I'm gonna I'm gonna dip right back into that Lions well. I am because and I yeah. still feel like I'm not I'm not saying what they were really 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 overhyped last week. Okay, but I, I still feel like there's a lot of expectations for this team. They were the preseason favorite to win the North. Um, they came out of the gates red hot. And now there is a lot of pressure on these guys to beat the Raiders this week. Because I'll tell you, they're not going to have a cakewalk in the North this year. The Minnesota Vikings made a – that was a statement win for them last last uh, this past Monday. Now, the Vikings have a very difficult game for themselves. They got to they gotta go into Lambeau and beat the Packers, and that's a pick them right now. And – Weird things happen, divisional games, Lambo like I like that's not a gimme game by any means for the Vikings. But I think the Vikings are going to be that mosquito that just kind of won't go away for the Lions this year. And they're only two games back of them. And they haven't played each other yet. They're gonna see each other twice in the season's final three weeks, week 16 and weeks 18. I think that the Lions, like, I I until listen, the the Lions have been are a very good team. They have a lot of talent. They maybe nobody in the NFL had a better second half than they did last year. But these are still the Detroit Lions, and I just like I wanna I I wanna see this team continue to keep it together and fight through a little bit of miniature adversity that they now face. Like if you're the Lions, like you, you can't lose to the Raiders. You cannot lose this game. Forget about the – I'm not even talking about the cover now. Like, you can't lose this game to the Raiders. You cannot lose this game. Because if you do lose this game to the Raiders, well, then all of a sudden none of your games look like gimmies anymore. All of the yeah. schedule that – and now, like, you've dropped two games. Like, like it's – you're five and three. Like, it's not all roses anymore. And now it's just – I want to see. I I I, I want to see the Lions continue to stack wins, and until then, I don't know. The Ravens seem to kind of muscle their way around the Lions a little bit this past Sunday, and um, the Lions may very well make it into the playoffs. But in order to get to a Super Bowl, which is something the Lions have never done in franchise history, they're gonna have to have a couple of these. They're gonna have to beat some really elite teams and. 
that rate that Ravens performance did not give any sort of good signals for the Lions that they're ready to take that next step. So, but we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I love it. I love the take. I love the take. Now, I let's let's hear the underhype team. Last week I said the Texans, which they were on a bye week 7, so it's kind of hard to gauge, but that was my underhype. Maddie's was the Lions. So, it's full circle now. So I, I think I'll take the L on that. <laughs> but I, I will I will claim the Chargers calling them underhyped because now I think everyone – or I called the Chargers overhyped. Yes. Now everyone's kind of like, wait, are the Chargers bad? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it – I'm going to give it to the other LA team. I'm going to say the Rams are a little Ooh, underhyped. I like that. You think they're underhyped? I, well, look, they're, a, they're below 500, and they, they did just lose to the Steelers. The Rams have a massive game in Dallas this week. Dallas is coming off a bye. Uh, the Cowboys are coming off a big win over the Chargers, which we also had on Monday on my mind. Um, you know, look like I, I, I think that this is a, the Rams are six and a half point underdog. That's another game where I, I, I do that. That would be another game I've got my eyes on this Sunday. Are the Rams in Dallas? Um, the Rams are a team that. I would not want to see the Rams in the postseason. Let me just put it that way, okay? Uh, Matt Stafford is a Super Bowl quarterback. Uh, Cooper Cup is a stud. Um, Aaron Donald is a future Hall of Famer. Like, the Rams... Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua, Juju Atwell. They have guys on the ramp. Sean McVay has won a Super Bowl. Like, they, they, there are... The Rams are a team that have experience... They have some depth. They're exciting. They're young. They're energetic. Like, I feel like they're below 500. Like, that's a team that I expect the Rams to get a wild card this year. And I, I would not – that would be like a team that I would not want to see in the postseason. Like, could you imagine – I mean, let's just dream big here. Could you imagine a Rams-Lions postseason game and Stafford Ooh. returning them? Field, like, the script almost writes itself. Jared Goff facing his old yes. team. The, there's a lot there. And again, if you're the Lions, like that's not a team that I would want to see coming into my house. Okay. And- I like that take a lot, actually. When you first said it, I, I was questioning it, but the justification sold me. Yeah. What about your rightfully hyped? So your team that you think is performing just as they should be, everyone is giving them the proper amount of praise. Um, last week for reference, we said the dolphins and then they lost. both wrong. I think we're wrong. They were, I'm teetering. Maybe, dolphins are overhyped now maybe this a week. Bit. I, you know, yes, the doll, the dolphins might be a little overhyped. And if you look, the dolphins haven't really, haven't really beaten, you know, their, their wins have come against, you know, the well, chargers yeah. and the Panthers, but the, you know, the mm-hmm. two legit teams they played the, the the bills and the um and i'm questioning the bills now because they they the giants gave them a run for their money and they just lost the patriots who we called yeah. i think hot garbage last week 100 percent. the bills have a massive game thursday night against the yep. bucks at home they need to they need to win that game in terms of the team i think is is hype just right you know i'm gonna say the seahawks because okay. i think the seahawks like the it. four and two they don't really get talked about a lot. They're not really that sexy. Like Geno Smith, like they just like kind of like go in and just sort of like handle their business every week. They did beat the Lions in Detroit in overtime. Um, they are, a, they made it to the playoffs last year. Like that's another team that I feel like is going to hang around. 
they have the exact same amount of losses as the 49ers do. The 49ers have one more win because they played more games. Um, but I, okay. like the, the Seahawks are a team that they're going to hang around. They're going to be feisty. Devin Witherspoon is m- maybe one of the front runners for defensive rookie of the year. So like they, like there are some, there are some guys in Seattle and um, that's, I feel like, they're almost teetering on being a little underhyped, but because they're four and two, I don't want to call them too underhyped. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick. They're they're hyped perfectly well right now. I'll, I'll say the Seahawks. Oh, I love those picks. Me too. <laughs> well, Adam, we have so much more to talk about, so you're just gonna have to come back on and chat another time soon. But thank you so so much for coming on here and helping out our novice gambling listeners and sharing your story. It's so nice to hear and to feel your positivity it spreads so thank you so much for that i i really appreciate this invite um thank you to you both uh this was this is really really cool being able to talk to you all and yeah I i would love to do it again so let's 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 make let's definitely get that on the calendar soon Well, thank you so much for listening and we will, Charlotte and I will see you next week and Adam will probably be back another time this season. So I can't wait to be back on the Locker Room Ladies (laughs) podcast.